Welcome to Standing at the Edge, the podcast. I'm Casey Stratton, and this week we're talking about my album Lantern Through the Labyrinth. So moving forward in time, we've talked about Lily Sleeps from 1996 and 97. Last week we talked about The Winter Children, I'm remembering now, which I wrote between 1998 and 2002 and then released in 2007. I thought it was 2009, but when I went back and looked at my band camp, it was 2007. I was like, oh, okay, well, who knows? Time is a blur sometimes. So Lantern Through the Labyrinth is a very interesting record for me because it was probably the most concept-y thing I've ever done because every single song on that record is based on a dream that I've had at some point in my life. Some of you are my friends on Facebook. You know that I have very vivid dreams and I share them a lot. But I actually have songs on this record that go back to dreams that I had had even when I was young as five years old. Uh, I had a recurring nightmare. We'll talk about that. So each song on this record represents a dream. And so when I started it, I didn't know if it was going to be a train wreck disaster or if it was going to be okay, decent, or if it was going to be amazing. I had no idea, but I really loved it. It's one of my most creative albums. I think that's great to talk about this record after talking about the Winter Children, because to me, they're very similar. Like I was just kind of letting myself go wherever I wanted to go. And when you're writing songs about dreams you have a lot of leeway because dreams change and shift so quickly, right? So I got to make the music do the same thing to reflect the dreams. And it's interesting for me, I don't, it's, I, what am I trying to say? It's hard for me to understand how other people might experience this record because when I listened to it, I, I had the dreams so I can see them. So I'm not sure how well it translated, but it's one of my favorite works. It's also was very, it was also very cathartic in a lot of ways. So let's dive in to lantern through the labyrinth. So Lantern Through the Labyrinth was a record I made in 2014. I was coming off of Sea Into Sky, so some people know, but The Vigil, The Calling of the Crows, and Sea Into Sky, I consider a trilogy. And then Letters to the Moon, my only instrumental EP that I've ever put out, is kind of like an epilogue to that trilogy. Uh, so I didn't know what to do next. I was in living in downtown Grand Rapids at the time in an apartment that had this great view of the public library and uh, you know parts of downtown. I really loved it. And I was like, okay, I've written all these records that were really getting me through this intense grief that I was going through. So I, I wanted to do something different. I sometimes need to give myself a structure. Uh, sometimes I just let a record be a record, uh, like the Turbulent Sea, although that definitely ended up with themes, but those kind of came up on their own. That was my last record I did in 2017. Uh, my 29th record, so the next one will be 30th if I ever make it. It's been four years without making a record, which is the longest I've ever gone, but a lot has been happening in my life, so I just haven't been feeling the creative bug. Even doing this podcast, my therapist is happy about. I might have said that already, because it's doing something <laughs> creative in some sort of way. Just re you know, revisiting my work is interesting and and, and fun, but I needed a structure for this record. So I decided I had the idea, like I mentioned in the intro, that I might write an album that each song would be about a dream I had had. And I didn't know if it would work or if it wouldn't work or if it would work or not, but I decided I would jump in and try it. So the first song I wrote was Lantern, 
which set the tone really and of course it ended up being called Lantern Through the Labyrinth the album but this is actually a record where I am going to go through song by song and talk about each song so the prologue you know I love to do my prologues and my epilogues so this is another record especially because it's a concept record where that happens it's also a record where I do the thing I like to do where there's a lot of songs where there's no break in between it goes right from one song into the next song I love doing that it feels very cohesive to me so there's literally like a song cycle in the middle of the record going from Indigo Aurora through Ribbons where there is literally not a pause in between any song one song seamlessly goes into the next one which I also thought really lended itself to an album about dreams because as we know dreams shift and change and you can be in one dream and all of a sudden you're in a completely different one at least the way we remember them so I started with Lantern, that was the first song I wrote, and it was about a dream I had had that I was like in this forest and it was like misty and like kind of twilight or like dawn, like early morning light. And there was all of this, like just, I don't know, like this cosmic, like misty, like blues and greens and purples, which are my favorite, like spiritual colors. When I think about spiritual stuff, when I was in my early 20s, I would always talk about my spirit guides. And so... Uh, I had a thing with my spirit, you know, I was very new agey for a minute. I still don't know what's true or what's not true. I've talked about this a lot. I'm an agnostic, but my spirit guides, I always called purple and blue. So interestingly enough, on this record, you'll notice that the background vocals starting in Lantern and moving through a lot of the songs in the album have these like, or la 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 la. Those are representing spirit guides, walking my dream self through these different experiences. And when we get to what's it called? Exit, exit point? Is that what it's called? Yes. <laughs> I had to look at my screen. I have the track list up as always so I can remember what the order of the songs and what songs are even on anything. So the spirit guides are the background vocals. And then you'll also notice that there's this keyboard solo violin. I had these new sounds to play with on that record uh, that started the trend of what, going into Solus when I had to get a new computer because my tried and true 2002 Mac G5 that I had made records on uh, crapped out on me right after Lantern Through the Labyrinth. So it lasted 12 years. Not bad. It was dedicated to recording. That's the only thing I did with that computer. So it got a good 12 years out of it, but then I had to get a new Pro Tools set up and a new computer, and that's when I moved into actually Pro Tools 10. I had still been on what was called Pro Tools 9, which had to run Mac OS 9, but whatever. It doesn't matter. So I that computer was like a dinosaur running dinosaur programs but it worked so I you know I was like if it's not broken don't fix it but now I use Pro Tools 11 and everything's updated I record on an iMac now uh, because you know I, I have a full-time gig so I can afford things like computers on a payment plan with no interest over 18 months <laughs> so that's how that happened but Lantern Through the Labyrinth I had these new sounds I was playing with and the solo violin sound represents longing so for me, the symbolism of the violin is the longing that I had been feeling for a long time after my cats had died. I've lost three cats in uh, 15 months or something like that. Um, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't a great time for me. I'm very close with my pets. I don't even like calling them pets, really. I shouldn't say that. The animals that live in my house, I guess. Uh, and when they died, it was really hard for me because I had had uh, my cat Henry for 16 years. And then my cat Charlie, I only had for four years, but he died at 11. And then my cat June died only four months later and I had had her for 15 years. So it was really tough on me. And that's what the vigil, the calling of the crows and see into sky are about. So I still was kind of, you know, moving through grief. You know, I've learned since then, obviously grief never leaves. It just takes different forms and shapes. So that worked perfectly for this record because the violin could represent the longing and going into a dream self. I 
had had, you know, two songs actually on this record are about my cats. And I'm, I don't care. I'm going to talk about, open, you know, this kind of thing. Sometimes people laugh about it, but I'm like, you know, I lived alone and I had these pets for a long time. And my cats, Henry and June, they moved all over. They lived in Los Angeles and New Chicago and New York and then Grand Rapids ultimately. So we had had quite the journey. Plus I got them both when I was, I got Henry when I was 18 and June when I was 20. So, you know, they had been around my whole adult life. So, it, you know, it was tough on me. Anyhow, I wrote Lantern in that in that dream I was I did have a lantern to get through this this um forest that I was in but the symbolism for me where I'm saying I was left holding the lantern was about the cats dying and how I felt that I had been left alone to kind of carry the torch and and find whatever light I could and keep pushing through and moving forward so I even that song I kind of was referencing because I was still feeling those feelings so deeply so lantern goes into looking glass which is a very interesting I think it does let me double check it does. I was right. So Looking Glass, that dream was intense. So I grew up in the late 70s and early 80s, and we had to do like bomb drills at school, kind of like kids have to do active shooter now. You know, we had to do like nuclear bomb preparation and there were like always these tv movies that like nuclear war and like the, the soviets sending a nuclear bomb and hitting america and so i was terrified as a child of nuclear attacks or nuclear winter and i had lots of dreams that i there were like nuclear bombs and i was separated from my family and i couldn't get to them uh, but so I've had dreams my whole life about nuclear attacks. So this is when I'm adult. I'm an adult. I can't remember when exactly I had the dream, but I think it was around 2010 or 2011. I had a dream that there was a nuclear attack, and a bunch of us were in this building, but there was an underground parking structure. So even though we knew there was like no way we could survive, like because we're human beings, we just got desperate. And so we ran, a bunch of us were just running down as far as we could underground, trying to get to the lowest level of this parking structure. And it was just complete chaos and panic and people were screaming. But I have this thing in dreams and this is the first time on this record that it comes up. I don't, I can't remember if it comes up again, but we'll talk about it if it does. I sometimes change characters in dreams where all of a sudden I'm someone else. So I was running through this parking structure and I looked at this person and they had a look of terror and panic in their eyes and I like felt it like I was empathetic in the moment and then suddenly I was them and I was looking at myself. I was seeing my actual real life Casey Stratton self but I was no longer me. I was this other person and I was looking through their eyes and I was talking to myself and like we're all panicking and then the dream just like completely shifted and all of a sudden I was a little black girl picking cotton in the south and I, I don't know what that was about but I just have dreams all the time around these different characters I actually do this thing where I like watch TV shows and when I'm really into them sometimes I walk around and feel like I'm one of the characters so I guess even in real life I kind of do that but anyway that's what that song is about a, a dream of nuclear attack that then turned into something with slavery so that's something about oppression I don't know or danger or whatever it is. And then after that, Clepsidra. So that is a, uh, a ancient clock that tells time through water, which I just ended up using because there's a clock in the dream. So this is about a recurring nightmare I had as a child. Uh, and there was this scary guy. I don't know if anyone remembers Gene Shalit from the Today Show, but he had this really big bushy hairdo and uh, like a, and like a mustache and he scared me. 
So I had this dream that there was this like evil bad guy that kind of looked like him. And sometimes in my neighborhood, when I would be sleeping in, in the middle of the night, people would like rev their motorcycles really loud and drive by and it would scare me. Like it felt menacing. So that turned into this nightmare that I had all the time where there was this scary man on a motorcycle, but he could turn himself invisible. So sometimes you wouldn't know where he was and it was terrifying. And in one of those recurring nightmares, he would kidnap me and then put me in this clock, this like big structure inside a clock and lock the doors and I couldn't get out. And so I would see this giant, it was this like giant clock kind of like at the Musée d'Orsay at the Louvre or in Paris, not at the Louvre, at the Musée d'Orsay in Paris. And I was like trapped and there were all these gears and the grinding and the clicking of the clock. And it's interesting because you'll hear at the beginning and the end of that song, there's this tick-tock, tick-tock, which I purposely did not do at the... 60 beats per minute or which was actually what a clock does like 60 seconds i made it different on purpose so that it would feel a little jarring so that was a very scary dream i had as a child because when he would go invisible i wouldn't know where he was and there were these silk blue silk thing like chiffon uh billowing material like fabric that would be like waving and the like the moonlight would come in and I was like through the whatever you know mechanism through the clock that you could that was see-through and I would be just waiting and he I would hear the sound of the motorcycle revving up and and I would be like oh gosh he's coming back he's coming back he's coming back and I'd be terrified lovely what a lovely dream so that dream started when I was about five years old and I had it off and on for years and years that goes into activation synthesis, which I was doing a lot of research on this record, and that has something to do with how our brains work when we're falling asleep. Oh, I should also mention, if you listen to the prologue, that's when I'm like drifting off to sleep. So there's this part where all of a sudden it goes, mm, you hear like the, you hear the, the note just kind of drifting downward, and that's like falling asleep. That's symbolizing actually falling asleep. And then at the end, I wake up. Also, it's like a summer, it's like that feeling of like falling asleep on a summer evening and there's like this warm breeze and everything feels tranquil and you can hear the crickets outside. So that's what you hear at the beginning. So Activation Synthesis was about a dream where I was in this like weird suspended like giant space, but it was blue. Like everything was blue, but I wasn't on Earth. I could see Earth way off in the distance and I could see Jupiter and I could see all these other planets, but I was up on this like just this like suspended structure that had like a big giant ball on it that I was like sitting on but it would start moving and shifting and I would have to try not to fall off of it and fall like into the nothingness and there like everything was just shifting and changing and then all of a sudden I was on this beach and it was again like summer and there was this breeze and everything was great and but I something still felt wrong and that's what turns into indigo aurora which is another dream I had on a beach where it was like twilight and the, everything seemed calm and peaceful and there was this beach chair with a red and white striped towel hanging over the back of it. I remember that and I was standing at the top of this dune and I was looking down at the water and I was aware it was Lake Michigan, which I live close to and have spent you know my whole life going to Lake Michigan, which is one of the Great Lakes. And if you've never seen the Great Lakes, you should because people are always astounded when they've never seen them because they think they're like a lake you can see across, but it's not. It looks like the ocean. It just doesn't have big waves and it's not salt water. So anyhow, I was standing at the top of this dune and then all of a sudden there were like lights in the waves and they were like making these crackling sounds and it looked beautiful, but I knew something was wrong. Like something felt ominous about it. And so that's why I say something isn't safe in that song uh and i really i really enjoy that song it's one of my favorite ones it's kind of very kate bush-esque there's a few songs in this record that kind of call out to to kate bush 
So that goes into the other side seamlessly. Again, that's Indigo Aurora's when the album starts having a, f- a four song arc where there are no breaks in between the songs. The other side is about a dream I had after Henry died, my cat Henry, who was 16. And uh, it was probably, it was always my scary thing, Henry dying. So when he died, it was very upsetting. But v- shortly after, I think within the first week or two, I had this dream that. I saw him and he was in this like glass elevator and I put my hand on the glass and I was like, I I need to see you. I need to see you. But then the elevator started going down and I realized like I couldn't, I couldn't get to him. So I took that as like a check-in kind of situation. And again, I'm an agnostic, so I don't need it to be true or not true, but it was comforting to me. So I ran, I going with it. Um, but yeah, like I, in the dream, I was very aware that I couldn't get to him. So it was obviously very symbolic for the fact that he had died. And, and I was, that was some way of me kind of letting him go in a weird way. So that song is, is sad for me. I actually uh, posted on Facebook about this. I listened to this record last week, getting ready for this podcast. And I was taking my three mile walk and it was a hot day and I was sweaty, but then I just kept bursting into tears at some of these songs. And then by ribbons, I was just full out ugly crying, walking down the street. I had some glasses on so maybe people didn't know and I didn't I, I don't really care honestly so that that song is very dear near and dear to my heart because of that dream was very important to my my process of moving forward I wouldn't say healing necessarily but moving forward and kind of making peace with the fact that he was gone and then that goes into Phantasm, which is a really fun song because it's one. Of, it's my only song ever that like goes from five four to four four time signatures. So some of the, some of the measures have five beats in them instead of the typical four or three or six that most of us use as songwriters. Um, so. I had a lot of fun with that again because it was representing a dream. I felt like I could do whatever I wanted. So Phantasm was this dream I had where I was in Paris. And I was holding flowers. I mean, it's all very literal. I was holding flowers in my hand and I was across the street from Notre Dame, across the Seine. And all of a sudden the flowers completely like disintegrated. And then everything started folding in on itself like it did in the movie. Oh gosh, Inception. I almost said Insignia. And I was like, that's not it. In the movie Inception, it was very similar to that. And I'm not even sure if that movie was out yet, but yeah, I think it must've been. So all of a sudden the reality just kind of shifted and, and went away. And then all of a sudden I realized that I didn't have my passport. I have this dream all the time that I'm in a foreign country and I don't, all of a sudden I don't have my passport. And I'm like, how did I get in the country? Cause now I can't get out. And like, I'm aware in the dream, I never had my passport to begin with. So in that dream, I was terrified because I was like, I'm in Paris. and I don't know how I'm going to get out. At the time, I hadn't been back to Paris since 1992 when I had that dream. So I had dreams all the time that I went back to Paris. And then finally, in that year, 2014, I did go back to Paris. And now I've been there like five more times since then or something. I, I try to go every year. Of course, COVID ruined that. So now I haven't been in almost three years, two and a half years now. But uh, I hope to get back soon sooner or later it's gotten a lot more economical to fly to europe we take iceland air just as an aside cheap super cheap i think the last time we went with my husband and my friend cat we the plane tickets were three plane tickets round trip for under a thousand dollars american they were like three hundred dollars a piece i think it came out with taxes and stuff for like nine hundred and sixty dollars for three of us to fly to paris so it's not like i'm jet setting i'm just saying i have obviously the privilege to travel to europe but it's not as expensive as it used to be in paris is actually very affordable london not so much iceland food expensive but it you know it's it's all relative when you live in these places but like when we went to iceland like last time we went to iceland we all had a breakfast and it was like 30 dollars a person 
I was like, geez, food costs a lot here. But I love Iceland. If you haven't been, I highly suggest going. It's like, it's very dreamlike. Oh, also in that same dream where I was in Paris, then all of a sudden I was in New York and I was like flying in this weird helicopter thing. So you hear that referenced in the song as well. Um, and then that goes into ribbons. So that, I, I took a little bit of poetic license with that song but it's based on this dream I had that there were these balloons that had ribbons floating from them and like my friends faces were in them and I could they could like talk to me it was almost like FaceTime <laughs> before that was a thing but um maybe it was a thing but I don't think I had it yet uh so it was like video conferencing but through a balloon so you'd look at the balloon and someone's face would be in it so and you could grab the ribbons of the balloon and you could float and I was aware it was like Italy or something there were all these like little alleys and cobblestone you know walkways and it was very European, very Italian looking and there was food everywhere and at one point in the dream, I didn't put this in the song obviously but uh, I was floating on one of the balloons and the wind came and like it got really unsafe for a minute and it blew me into this giant table full of like cheeses and meats like a charcuterie table and the, the chef was furious with me that I knocked it over But the, so that was kind of like the funnier part of the dream which obviously didn't make the song but I can't remember if in the dream or not I could... Uh, commune with my cats through the balloons I think I did but I, I, it's hard for me to remember now but I, I could probably go back and read my Facebook post about it but I remember my friend Joey was in one of them but in the song I used it to symbolize being able to grab the ribbons and, and see Henry, Charlie and June my cats that had died So, and that song is very much inspired by Stephen Sondheim I've talked about that a lot on social media over the years uh, the way that he arranges pieces particularly in Into the Woods uh, like No One Is Alone, very similar, Sunday in the Park with George. Um, I've always really loved Stephen Sondheim's work, especially the way he arranges for orchestral instruments. So I used basically like a string quartet and oboe and the piano for that song, which if you've heard Messages Sending or The Vigil, that's pretty much the instrumentation for the entire record is like timpani percussion and oboe and strings and piano. So I like that combination of instruments quite a bit so I wanted to use that because it feels um I don't know it just felt like to honor the memory of my cats who had died I I wanted to use that particular instrumentation because the vigil was about the process of Henry dying and me going through that with him him getting very sick and then three months of us going through this very intensive therapy where I, I knew I couldn't save him but I was trying to keep him alive as long as he was letting me know he wanted to be alive and then the day came where I knew that he'd he was ready so um you might hear me the clicks of me typing because my computer went to sleep again so that's ribbons that one is really intense for me and that's the one where i ugly cried on my walk because it just every time i hear it it's like geez i'm having trouble talking about it right now but i'm gonna take a deep breath uh when i went to paris actually and london i remember seeing these like meadows and things and i was like oh not in paris but in london that's where we were and i saw this meadow and i remember taking a picture and saying um saying the first line, uh, which I can't remember. See, I told you anything after my early work. Um, I don't know. It's something about in meadows full of light on Sunday, you and I, which Sunday is also a little kind of shout out to Stephen Sondheim. Um, but yeah, it's just about, you know, that moment where you feel like someone that you really loved and cared about that you find some sort of way to kind of have a touchstone with them. I think a lot of us, when we lose people or pets, we... Um, you find little signs and, and, you know, whether we're making that up or not, I don't care. Um, to me, it, it's comforting. So, uh, I, I allow myself that to feel those things as a sign of some sort of afterlife or, or alternate universe or 
however time works we don't know the jury's out my husband and i have conversations about this all the time i get all of like well quantum physics we don't know why time is linear and it's probably not so anyhow that leads that's actually a perfect segue to talk about exit points so when i was in my early 20s i think it was my 24th birthday I, um, because my birthday is October 16th, so it's in the fall, I notoriously would get sick very often on my birthday or around my birthday with some sort of cold or the flu or whatever. So I was living in Chicago. Um, I didn't even have a phone yet. I had moved into my apartment in September and back then it took forever. So I had to wait like two months or something to get a telephone and I didn't have a cell phone. So I like completely was cut off. I had to, I remember calling my parents with a calling card on a pay phone at a restaurant around the corner from my house. Um, or my apartment, but yeah, so I didn't have a phone or anything. I remember it was my birthday and I was, was so sick with the flu and I had this terribly high fever so I fell asleep in this like fever dream literally and I was all of a sudden in this like crazy like almost like an airport looking place where there were all these like moving walkways but when you got to the end of one it would like it was kind of like a cliff like you would fall off the end of the moving walkway so you'd be standing on it and then all of a sudden you would just float down to the next one and all of a sudden this man was next to me and he had like a cloak on and he told me he was my spirit guide and that this was what's called an exit point in the new age philosophy they say i can't remember you get like four or something there are four times in your life where you'll have an exit point and you have to make a decision and he told me if you want to you can move on to the afterlife right now or you can go back to your life on earth but that's a discussion that you're going to need to make. But I can counsel you. So we were talking and I was like, well, should I do this? Should I do that? I'm a Libra. So I'm very like, I don't know. It could be this way. But on the other hand, it could be that way. It could be this. It could be that. So ultimately, obviously, I decided to live. And then I woke up with, you know, like in a sweat from my fever. And it had only been six minutes of time. But it, I had had this a terribly long dream, very intense dream. So to this day, I'm not, I don't know if that was a dream or if that was a literal spiritual exit point with a with a spirit guide. So again, that's why the background vocals serve as the spirit guides throughout the record. Um, again, it's very new agey. It doesn't matter if you subscribe to it or not. I think if you don't think of it like a movie, you know, like I've said a lot, I try to make my music really cinematic. So that was part of the narrative is that I had these spirit guides and then the violin again for my longing. That goes into Out of the Labyrinth, which is a crazy dream. So I have the weirdest, I mean, literally some of my dreams, I'm like, I should write these down and like copyright them so, and make like a movie or a TV show. I really probably should because then I could like retire young, um, which I would enjoy. But um, I had this dream that I was like in this crazy labyrinth that kind of looked like those like early 2000s shooter video games where you were like in these like dystopian worlds and everything was like chaotic and there were like these boulder like concrete they were like concrete walls everywhere it was almost like a military installation or something and so I was in this labyrinth it wasn't quite like a labyrinth like a corn maze or anything like that or an actual like British like labyrinth made of like hedges it wasn't anything like that it was again it was like an army installation where you had to like duck around a corner and see what was next and on these concrete wall slabs concrete slabs kind of looked like the berlin wall and they were spaced out all through like i would go around a corner and i'd be like nope nope that's not the way out here's another concrete slab to stop me but there were all these things written on them in like black spray paint it was like don't forget blah 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 don't forget that around the next corner this don't forget and like oh the th the next th obstacle is this don't go this way go the other way and i was like 
what are all of these? And then all of a sudden I got, I realized I was back at the very beginning and I had to start the labyrinth all over again. And then the second time going through it, I realized that I had left messages to myself because now I had gone through it already once. So I knew what was coming and I realized that everything that was on those concrete slabs was me giving myself clues to get out. And I was like, oh, this is crazy because I didn't, the first time I went through it, I was like, what is all this? And then the second time I was like, oh yeah, you wrote this to yourself. So very intense. And then, you know, like get out of the labyrinth and you'll hear like in the middle of the song where all of a sudden it's like, la, 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 That's like the rejoicing. The spirit guides are rejoicing that I've gotten out of this labyrinth. And so that's the last dream song. And then that goes into the epilogue which is an actual whole song and not like a little um, interlude kind of thing. It's an entire song with vocals and strings. It's all strings and vocals and, and just one vocal. And that's me waking up. So you'll hear like through the, if you look at the lyrics and listen to the lyrics, you'll notice that that's, that song is more about me waking up and realizing that I'm grateful for the experience of having gone through all that. So even though that's all, all those songs are based on dreams, it, it really is a journey of me trying to just make sense of, of my life, my entire life up to that point and using my dreams as the benchmarks or the milestones or the, the narrative, the arc, whatever, however you want to look at it. It's using the dreams as a jumping off point to actually experience, uh, to go through my experiences and make, try to make some sense of them. So in the, in the epilogue, I really am uh, feeling thankful for the experience and you'll hear like pieces of, of the song lantern come through. It's the same, uh, melody so I'm bringing it right back to the beginning in many ways but it is like waking up in the morning so the album starts with that hazy summer night falling asleep and hearing the sounds of the crickets and things outside and then waking up in the morning with with the epilogue so that is Lantern Through the Labyrinth, uh, one of my favorite records, one of my most creative records in my opinion. Um, I re just There's something about it. When I heard it back last week, I was just like, man, I like this. Like This is a really fun experience to go through. So hopefully you'll hear it differently after hearing about all these individual dreams, or you don't, you don't have to. But um, So yeah, that's Lantern Through the Labyrinth. I got a jet because I have to go get a nerve ablation. Lucky me. My cervical spine causes me, because I had a fusion, now I have arthritis all over my joints. So my neck and my shoulder blades have constant chronic pain. But if I get nerve ablations, I usually get seven to nine months of relief from those. So I got my left side done two weeks ago and my right side is today. So TMI maybe, but that's what's up with me. So I'm not sure again what record's gonna be next. I just kind of decide as I go, actually I think it's gonna be Myth and Stars, but I don't, you know, I'm not gonna commit to that, but it'll probably be Myth and Stars. So I hope you're doing well. Thanks again for listening and coming along these journeys with me. This record is particularly fun to talk about because it's about dreams so it's super fun and, and I guess again creative because our minds do creative things in our dreams for a lot of us at least mine does Ooh, I have some what are the word what's the word doozies I was gonna say woozy I'm like that's not right but I have some doozies of dreams so thanks again I hope you're well I hope you're staying safe and I will see you next time bye